tuning in to Art and Business and Murals, a podcast about running a small creative business with interviews, artist stories, and industry tips. I hope this podcast keeps you company on what can sometimes feel like a solo journey. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Art and Business and Murals. I'm your host, Sarah Scully, and today we are talking about time management for artists. Now, time management, oh my goodness, I love it so much. If if you have ever met me in person or or know me, you will know that I always come with a pen and a book and I will always write the things. So to me, time management is such a huge part of my weekly, daily, monthly, yearly process. And the reason why I'm sharing what I do for time management with you is because almost all of my coaching clients are, you know, working full time and trying to build their art business on the side, or they're working part time and building the business on the side, or they're parents to young kids. And all of these people have a small amount of time to do potentially a large amount of work. So all of them have asked me, how do you fit in everything to the time that you have? And it's a fantastic question. And I completely, I've been there. So I completely understand it. And I started working full time for myself uh, with a newborn. So I had a brand new baby and I booked an art show for the end of that 12 months of maternity leave. And for the first three months, you know, anyone that's had kids knows that you're just a walking zombie. And I have so many photos of me on the ground painting canvases with my potato baby next to me, just going and going and doing what newborns do, not much. And I don't remember a huge amount more than that happening in the first three months. (laughs) But I ended up putting my son into daycare two days a week when he was three months old, which is the youngest um, a baby can be to go to daycare. And I felt a huge amount of guilt around that. I felt horribly guilty to be putting my son into daycare so that I could work two days a week. And looking at it now, it was the best decision I could have made for both myself and my son because he developed so quickly into such a social human being, his his speech, because he was hanging around kids all the time and he didn't have any brothers and sisters. And I'm not a big talker in general. So for him to go to daycare where kids were talking around him all the time, he was included with the big kids and they played and painted and did their alphabets and their numbers. And so he was so well socially integrated. And even now, you know, he's about to turn nine and he's still such a social being, um, so eloquent in the way that he speaks. Uh, And I believe all of this started by socializing him at such a young age. Uh, And obviously this was right for me at the time. It might not be right for the next person. So obviously you need to do what's best for you and your own family. Um, But if you are feeling the guilt, let me tell you, if you look at the bigger picture, it will turn out. I promise you. So my son Coda was going to daycare two days a week and I was dropping him off at daycare, crying on the way home and then uh, inhaling the coffee and churning through the work. 
And this is when I really started to knuckle down on my time management and trying to get every minute out of every day that I possibly could. Uh, So what I thought I would do in this episode is talk you through what I do for time management because there's one part of my business that I believe I'm really good at and I very much take the reins over a lot of projects, even collaborations. I just take the reins and I'm like, and this is how it's going to run. This is the time management protocol we're having for this project and everything always gets done on time. So I thought I'd share what I do and you can pick and choose bits and pieces that might work for you and what might not work for you. And I'm also going to put a link in the show notes to a template for time management that I designed up for my husband, who is neurodiverse, and he gets uh, a little bit overwhelmed, as do I, uh, when there's lots to do and little time to do it. So I designed up this uh, time blocking template for him to use. So when he's feeling overwhelmed, he can time block his week. So I'll make that available for everyone as well. So a few things to start off with. There are a few things that are always within arm's reach of me, and that is my diary. So I have a written diary, a little A5 diary, and I order the same diary from the same handmade German diary maker every year. I think it's a little bit obsessive because it's a very expensive diary, but I just, I just, it's just perfect. And there's actually, I'll put a link in the uh, in the uh, show notes as to a blog post that I wrote about um, this diary and where you can get it, but just as much the same, you can get moleskin diaries and other diaries. If you're a hand writing person, I know a lot of people like Google Calendar, that's fine as well. And I also use Google Calendar, just not as religiously as a lot of people. So my diary is one thing. And the one reason why I adore this diary is because on the left-hand side, it's got my week. So Monday to Friday, it's got spaces to write down meetings and bills and all that kind of stuff. And on the right-hand side, it's just got a page of lines so I can write my to-do list for the week. And yes, I'm like a normal human and 90% of that to-do list gets transferred onto the following week and then onto the following week and then onto the following. So I don't ever cross off my entire to-do list. That's like humanly impossible. Um, So I always have that diary with me. uh, And then I love at the end of the year when I carry this year's diary and next year's diary. So at the moment, if you have a meeting with me, I'll have multiple diaries. I also carry around a sketchbook. Now, after reading Richard Branson's uh, book, I I read in his book that he carries around just a simple school notebook with him and he just scribbles everything down in meetings, any thoughts, any ideas. Someone says something, writes it down. Every meeting takes notes and he just has you know, hundreds and hundreds of these books now. Previous to that, I'd been scribbling things on post-it notes and bits of paper and shoving them into my diary and they would be falling out of my diary or I'd be scribbling things into the corner of my diary and then forgetting where I scribbled it. So I thought, okay, I'm going to try this and it's the best thing ever. All my notes are in one place. I don't have to worry about losing them. Every meeting I go to, I scribble stuff in there. Every project, every podcast that I talk about, I scribble the notes down in this diary before I do the podcast. So every bit of information that goes into my brain goes into this book as well. So I would like to say that it's a sketchbook, but I don't actually think I've done a single sketch in it, which is pretty poor form coming from an artist. It's mainly just notes and notes and pages and pages of notes and notes, just all written. There might be a doodle here and there, but that's it. So diary, sketchbook that's not a sketchbook, um, 
I also carry around my creative um, business development workbook with me. I don't always have it at every meeting, but the reason why I carry this book around with me is if I come up with an idea or a strategy or a social media content idea or something for a workshop or anything like that, and I scribble that business idea into the business book, um, it's not. it might not be an actionable item for that week or for that month, but it's an idea that I'd like to follow on down the track. And so I always pop these ideas into that book. All my podcast ideas go into the development workbook. Um, again, I'll put a link in the show notes um, to the workbook that I'm t- talking about. Um, but anything to do with business or social media or marketing or goals, or if I hear anyone come up with a great, you know, I don't know, any values that really connect with me. And I go, oh, that's not one of my values at the moment. I could see how that could work really well, scribble that down, research it later. So I always carry that with me too. It's normally in my backpack. It's an A4, so it doesn't fit the size of my other books. So it comes out occasionally. (laughs) And this is going to be the weirdest one, but I have a pen. Now, this is like the best pen in the world. And I won't use any other pen apart from this brand pen. So if the ink runs out in the pen... That's it. I'm done for the day. I'm off to Office Works immediately to grab another one. But I can put a link to this pen too. I know I will not stop talking about this pen. And the great thing is if I have like a sign-up sheet or something at a workshop and people use this pen to write, everyone goes, oh my God, what's this pen? This is amazing. It is. And I've had so many of them stolen too. So (laughs) it's actually a Pentel pen. You can just grab them at Office Works. It's Energel liquid gel ink and it's a needle tip 0.5 millimeter ball pen. I know I might sound like an amazing person, but I can't even tell you how much I love this pen. It costs just under $6. I know, expensive, um, but I have like 10 of them floating around my life. There's like one in my car, two in my studio. I've got you know a couple in my backpack, my pencil case, a ton at home because my husband keeps stealing them and they're just like next level amazing pens. So um that's my hot tip for today. Get a great pen. Like I honestly cannot recommend this pen enough. Or maybe I should get shares in Pentel. Anyway, those are the things I carry. Diary, sketchbook, creative workbook, and my pen. Carry them with me everywhere because if people give me information or have a meeting that I've got to write down or someone goes, yeah, let's catch up on Friday for lunch. I go, yeah, sounds great. And then that's when I double walk myself if I don't have my diary with me or it just is in one ear and out the other and I've completely forgotten about it. So I have to write it down immediately. Or if I'm trying to retain all this information, my brain starts to get really churny and I feel overwhelmed because there's too many things I'm trying to remember. So if I can get that in one ear, down onto the paper and it's out of my brain. So those are the things I carry with me everywhere. I also have tried putting my diary onto my iPad and using my iPad uh, my Apple pen to write. And that did not work for me. I'm like a hand writer. Like I need pen to paper. And that's just me. That's not saying that you can't time management. If you're not pen to paper, that's that's not it. I'm sure you have your own, you know, strategies there. So I'm going to look at this time management from like a macro view going down into a micro view. So looking at a macro view, uh, one of the things I do is have a yearly calendar. So um, I like to have the year all out on one big bit of paper. I have 
um, a downloadable free version of this calendar. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes. Oh my goodness, there's going to be so many links in these show notes. Let's hope I remember them all. Um, so you can just download that yearly calendar and you can send it off to somewhere like Officeworks to print. Or if you're lucky enough to have a plotter in your own studio, you can print it off there. Or if you don't and you don't want to send it to Officeworks, you could just print it out onto A4s and put that up on the wall. Easy enough. So the reason why I like to look at the whole year as a whole is because it's a great opportunity to put in specific dates. So one of the first things I do is put in school dates for the year. Um, one, because my son goes to school and um, I don't particularly want to be painting a huge amount of murals during school holidays because I'm going to have my mini assistant with me. Um, he's a sweetheart but it does slow down the project a little. So I try and book my big projects in the school um, school year rather than in the holidays. Um, I also put in there um, different holidays like uh, Christmas and Easter and Chinese New Year. Don't travel during the Chinese New Year because it's really expensive to get flights. Um, yes, even from Australia. Uh, put in holidays like this um, and then, you know, like St. Patrick's Day or any of those holidays that might relate to your brand or your business in particular would be really important to put in there. And even from a social media um, viewpoint, it would be good to put these in like NADOC week. Um, and then I put in any events that I have planned. So uh, I always make sure that I put in Brisbane Street Art Festival. So that goes for most of May. Um, and the reason why is because I want to get down there and see what's happening. So I don't want to book myself out for May so that I'm so exhausted I can't get myself to the events for, for Brisbane Street Art Festival. Um, so I put in different things happening there. You know, the Formula One, every year I put the Formula One in Melbourne in my calendar and I go, this year for sure I'm going. I never do, but it's there as a goal. <laughs> one day I'll get there. But the great news is, is I never book projects on Formula One, at least then I can watch it on TV. Um, it's also good if you can book in time off. Now, this is something that I am not fantastic at. Uh, I, If I work more than three months without having some time off, like a decent amount of days off, maybe a week off, I can feel myself starting to burn out. And it used to be like this when I was working full-time, you know, for the construction company as a graphic designer. If I didn't get that time off every three months, I would just start crumbling. And it's the exact same working for myself. I need to schedule in that time off, even if it's three days plus a weekend to just have a break, then I can recharge and I'm ready to go again. So it's really important for you to schedule in that time off and then schedule in your holidays. So if you've planned any trips overseas or anything like that, and my hot tip, and again, something I am terrible at, but I have learned and I will be better at it is schedule a fair few days off, say three days off before you leave so that you can decompress a little, give yourself time to actually pack so you don't have those nightmares about having two minutes to pack before you need to head to the airport. I'm pretty sure everyone has them. It's not just me, maybe. I don't know. Um, and then when you get back, give yourself another three days again to decompress from the holiday and to unpack and wash your clothes and get prepared rather than doing what I usually do, which is land and then fly out the next day to a workshop that you're running or a mural that you're doing. or That's that's not the best <laughs> from experience. So if you have the luxury of doing that, please book that in for yourself. I'm going to do that 
let's see if I can stand by it this year. <laughs> um, so once you put all those things in, any artist residencies that you've got coming up, any retreats that you want to go to, put them in there. Even if you haven't booked them yet, it's something to work towards, much like my Formula One dream in Melbourne. So pop all that stuff into the calendar so it's all there right in front of you. Uh, it's always nice to have those holidays to look forward to as well. So that's why they're really important to put in there. So that's your yearly calendar. Then if you move down to your monthly calendar, so at the end of each month, so around about, you know, the 27th, 28th, I start to look at the month ahead. So in the Creative Business Development Workbook, there are months that you've got in there that you can schedule in your social media content. But what I also like to do is put in all my projects that I'm working on. So for example, if I know that I'm painting a mural for three days in this week, then I'll put that down there because that will also form part of my social media output as well. So if I'm painting a mural, there'll at least be one post going up every day with a progress or the paints that I'm using or the design that I'm painting and then obviously the finished product. So I put all of my projects into that calendar so I can kind of schedule what needs to happen now because a lot of the times if I've got a mural project or two or three happening in one month, generally a mural project will take up a whole week. Even if I'm on site for one or two days, it still takes the full week because I still need to order paints, pick up paints, prep stencils, um, communicate with the client. Uh, and there's there's a ton of stuff that needs to happen. So I generally allocate a full week to painting one mural, um, which means that I can't really find the time to touch other clients' work during that week. So that's why I need to look a month ahead to go, okay, well, in week two of this month, I'm painting a mural and week three of this month, I'm painting a mural. That's two weeks that I'm not going to have to touch any of my other clients' works. That means that in week one is going to be very busy with trying to catch up on all my clients' works. And then week four is going to be busy and make sure that I have that time in the studio to catch up on those other projects that are waiting for me. So that's really important to have that monthly view. Whenever I get a new project in from a client, and I've even had clients come back to me and go, um, there's no deadline, so d don't worry about it. But I always send them a project timeline, mainly to keep myself on track. So if a client comes to me and they're like, oh, I've got an art commission, I need it before Christmas, then I'll say, okay, well, I can deliver it on the 20th of December. Let's work back from that as the deadline. And then I send them, you know, all the all the key dates. So they will need to sign off on it by this date. You know, I will start painting it and give myself this week to paint it. This is when they can get their second um, draft. And this is when they need to sign off on that draft so I can paint on the canvas. This is when they'll get their first draft. And so they know the key dates that they'll be expecting artwork from me or photos from me or, and then they'll know when they need to give me feedback to keep me on track. Um, so some projects are like, yeah, sure, Sarah, whatever timeline suits your fancy, we can fit in. And they're like, we, we don't really care. Um, other clients are like, yes, it needs to get done. It's going to get, and that, that assures them that it's going to get done by the deadline too. So from that production timeline that I send out to the clients for every project, I then put that into my diary as well. Put that into that monthly calendar so I can see what deadlines I need to hit. So if I realize that I've scheduled in a concept is due in the middle of the week that I'm painting a mural, I know that I need to start working on that a week ahead. So that's my monthly um, monthly calendar and looking at that. So then if we then go even a little bit smaller into the weekly calendar. So this is when I go into my diary 
or even every week I update my Google Calendar. And the reason why I persist with Google Calendar, it's not my favorite, um, but the booking system through my website connects with my Google Calendar. So people are able to book in for chats or book in for coaching sessions or book in for meetings via my website. And my website will then say, nope, she's got a meeting on this day because that's what's in my Google Google Calendar. So I, I have to really put some effort in to keep that updated as best that I can. So each week I update my Google Calendar in alignment with my written ca- um, calendar. Gosh, it all sounds like a lot, doesn't it? But it really only takes about 45 minutes a week to get myself organized. So every week on a Sunday, I sit down with my husband and we both have our calendars, our you know diaries there, and we sit down and we look at the week ahead. So obviously for those of you that have families and homes and partners and other stuff going on outside of work, um, you know that there's a ton of other stuff that needs to be scheduled. So my husband and I will sit down and we'll work out pickups and drop-offs and, you know, family things to do and we book in. We, we have to book in house stuff or else stuff around the house never gets done. So we book in some hours for that on the weekend. Um, we make sure that if I'm painting murals, I generally paint like 12 hours a day. So then we work out who does pickups and drop-offs. That's not me. That's my husband. Um <laughs> And then if we need help with that, so that all gets scheduled in. I write his plan into my diary as well so that I don't, you know, pick up our son, go home, and then my husband doesn't show up home and I'm like, where are you? If it's in my diary, I know what he's doing. So we sit down, swap each other's plans for the week, and this is when I also sit down and work out what gym I'm going to do what exercise I'm going to do that week. And I write down, you know, this hour I'm at the gym, this hour I'm going for a swim, this hour I'm at the beach, this. And that's really, really important because if it's written in my diary, I generally do it. Um, And I think it's really important to have that balance in your week. Uh, Obviously, I'll put in all my work meetings so I know what I've got during the week. Um, And then if I've got like huge priorities during the week, particularly on my to-do list. If there are a couple of things that must get done that week, I'll highlight them so that I know that they were going to get done and they're not going to get lost in my gigantic to-do list. Um, I also put in any family things. So obviously birthdays, don't forget birthdays, make sure that they're in there. Um, and for example, if my mum's traveling or something, I'll put in when she gets back um, just so I can make sure she gets back. <laughs> Um, obviously I've still got my to-do list, make sure it's up to date, cross off anything that I've done. If I have a really busy week coming up, what I will do is go through my to-do list and anything that I can potentially move to the following week, I will move and cross off my list. So I feel a little less overwhelmed with the amount of work that needs to get done that week. Um, I also obviously put in, you know, the adult things like bills that are coming out and things like that, but I write them so small in there that I just ignore them a little bit. That's like the housework thing. I write it so small in my diary. I just try and ignore it. So that's my weekly diary that I sit down. And obviously my husband has a very similar one. And then the daily. Oh, goodness. Now, if I sit down on the Sunday and I look at my week and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do this week and I'm feeling so extremely overwhelmed by it all, that's when I start to time block. So if, for example, this week I need to do two mural designs, concepts, come up with them, send them out, and also a concept for a commission. 
Now, that doesn't sound like a huge amount, but I was out of the studio all day Monday running a workshop. It's already been Tuesday and I don't know what I did with most of my Tuesday. (laughs) So really, I've only got two and a half days left to get all this work done. And last night I was feeling extremely overwhelmed with getting the work done. And the hard thing, as you would know, as creatives, the hard thing is not knowing how long it's going to take. You could wake up and be like, bing, I'm on the ball. I'm creative. Look at me. And you could potentially get that art concept out in an hour. But you might be having one of those weeks where you're like, ugh. I got nothing and the idea in your head, so the vision that you have in your head is not coming out on paper the way that it's meant to and nothing you're creating is looking any good and something that might take you an hour usually is now taking you four, five, six hours to get something out. So the, the it's really difficult to time block something that you're not sure how long it will take. So. What I did last night when I was feeling extremely overwhelmed by the amount of creative work to do and so few days to do it and all of them are due by the end of the week, what I did is I sat down and I time blocked my day. So my husband uses the time blocking uh, template that I did for him. Again, I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to download that and use that yourself. I now use post-it notes for every day. And so I write down the times and how long it's going to take me to do things. And I time block in every project that needs to get done that day. So for example, today I've time blocked in two hours to work on the art concept to send to the client and four hours to work on the mural, one of the mural concepts that needs to go out. And then tomorrow I'll block in four hours to work on the other mural concept. And I've also got all day Friday as well, if nothing good comes out. Um, So when I can block in that time, it kind of tells my brain to stop worrying about it. I've got plenty of time to work on it. And that kind of reduces the churn in my brain a little bit. So often if it's a busy week, I'll open up my week and there'll be sometimes five, sometimes seven post-it notes, one for every single day of the week to try and get everything done. And leading into Christmas, it's seven day a week postcards because you need to fit in so many social gatherings and finding gifts for people and making gifts for people and delivering gifts to people. And it's just so much to fit in. So it's a very hectic time of year. So it's a seven post-it note time of year. That's what it is, guys. Um, Generally, when time blocking, you can work in 15-minute or 30-minute increments. Generally, it's hard to stay super focused for more than 20 minutes, particularly if they're boring tasks like getting someone to fix the air conditioning or, you know, booking your car in to get the tires fixed. Very exciting stuff here. Um, If you're in the flow, and for me, when I'm working on a creative project, I need that space to get in the flow so that I do have that longer concentration. So I'm not great at saying, okay, I need to design uh, an artwork concept for a commission. I'm going to spend 20 minutes here and then 20 minutes this afternoon and then 20 minutes tonight before I go to bed. That that never works for me. I can't work that way. And I, I have a feeling a lot of creatives are similar to me in that they need decent chunks of time to really get into that creative momentum and that creative flow and that really critical thinking about what they're creating. So time blocking Um, moving projects through in 15 or 30 minute increments, 
Um, and then also don't forget to add in your lunch breaks. This is something I am also terrible at and I'm the one that eats over the top of my computer and then has to take my laptop in for services and they find my lunch under the keys. I'm that person. Um, so remember to stop and rest and give yourself, your brain, the space to think Um Try and schedule that in and try not to eat into that. I know I'm giving my, myself a pep talk. This is what I should be doing too. <laughs> and then another tip that I have, um, and this is when I'm feeling extremely tantrumy, if that's a word. I can feel myself getting really agitated and really resentful and really frustrated. And when I can feel that building up inside me, what I do is I'll sit down and time block my week and then I'll go through and highlight. So I'll highlight everything for work in one color. I'll highlight everything for family in another color. I'll highlight everything for exercise in another color. And then I'll go through and highlight things for me and my time in another color. And generally, if I've in, if I'm in that, you know, that starting to burn out, starting to get resentful mode, my time blocking will have very little time for myself and generally very little exercise time. And it will be primarily work and home and family stuff that I'm focused on. So if that's the case, then I need to cut something. I need to either cut back on work or just say to my family, I need more time for me and shift that and add in time for yourself, whether it be exercise, whether it be rest, and it's okay to rest or else you're going to need a very extended period of rest if you burn yourself out. Oh, been there. Um, so remember to make that time for yourself. And I know that when you're in that churn that, oh my God, it's all happening. I'm overwhelmed. I'm cranky. I'm frustrated. It's too much. Everything's getting too much. Just give yourself half an hour to time block your week and highlight it and then make sure you're adding in things for you or else you will burn. Particularly if you're a parent of young kids, you need to add stuff for you and don't feel selfish about it whatsoever because it is super important to look after yourself. Again, this is probably another pep talk to myself. <laughs> I hope someone else gets something from it. So the way that I normally... Um, plan my weeks is generally I try and work Monday to Thursday. Um, lately I've been working Fridays as well, but Friday projects, I try and make like my fun projects that don't really feel like work. And I don't really come into the studio for those days. So I'm either, you know, off and about. So Mondays, I make sure that I'm in the studio. I try not to book any workshops or murals on Mondays. I make sure I'm in the studio and that is part of my planning as well. So a lot of the time on Mondays, I'll jump into planning my social media for the week. So I use Buffer, um, the program, and I can jump in and program all my Instagram and schedule all my Facebook. And I just make sure that there's at least one post going out each day, unless I'm doing something like a sale or an event or something that re people really need to know about, then I'll just jam pack my buffer full of tiles. But generally, a normal week would just be at least one post a day that's going out. So I just check what blog posts I have going out, what podcast I have going out, make sure that I've got those tiles scheduled, um, look at what projects I'm working on and whether I can show any of them. Um, and then you know, a random photo of me because apparently people like it. I don't, but other people do. 
marketing. Um, I also schedule podcast episodes. So with podcast episodes at the moment, I'm only scheduling two or three weeks ahead simply because I'm getting feedback on the episodes. Um, One of the feedbacks I got was to make them longer. So that is why this episode is longer. Also, I'm trying to talk a little bit slower. Um, (laughs) All feedback coming through. So that's why I don't want to record too many episodes without getting some critique on what has already gone out there. So scheduling podcasts and I use Podomatic for that. So because I'm signed up to Podomatic, which is free until I use up my bandwidth, um, which will be soon. Yay. Um, (laughs) Although then I've got to start paying, but Podomatic will let you schedule your podcasts as well. Uh, What else do I do? On Mondays, I also look after the blog posts. So I'm pretty organized with blog posts. I've scheduled three months ahead. So it might be time soon to roll around and get some new blog posts written and scheduled out, but normally schedule them, get those tiles ready all in one Monday, and then they're done for three months. Um, And then also the newsletter. So I send out a monthly newsletter. Sometimes I'll send out an extra newsletter during the month if I've got like an event or a sale or something exciting to tell people, um, and I'll organize that on a Monday and schedule that to go out later in the week. So Mondays is a big organizing day and it's a very admin-y day. So I organize my meetings for the week. Um, I make all the phone calls. Oh, I hate making phone calls, but I make the phone calls. So Monday, organize admin day, send out quotes, send out, ugh, send out invoices, do all the fun stuff. Um, and then Tuesdays through to Thursdays is the doing. Those are my doing days. So if I'm painting murals, I'll generally have those days as Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday to paint the mural or Tuesday, Wednesday or something like that. So if I do have a mural day, I can prep paint and pack on the Monday when I'm in the studio. Um, I also schedule workshops or a lot of my coaching calls are during those days. Um, what else do I do? I create, I paint in the studio, pot around. Um, and then start prepping projects and looking for projects for the future. Uh, and then Fridays, again, as I mentioned before, I try and have this as a day off. So because I've tried to schedule it as a day off, but obviously it gets eaten away sometimes, I make sure that at least the projects are fun. So I've taken over as the president of Street Art Nambour, and so I try to schedule most of those meetings on Fridays because I'm doing them with my um, friend Rachel. And so it's always nice to do stuff with a friend and we always get coffee. So that's that's kind of like a fun project. Um, and on Fridays, I try and do painting uh, or pottering around my creative projects. Um, any projects that I think could be for the business later on, I try and potter around. I spend a little bit of time on them. But ideally, I try and spend as much of Friday doing things for me as possible. So I'll go for a swim or I'll go to yoga. Um, I'm also trying to learn sign language. So um, if you ever come by my house on a Friday and it's very quiet because I'm practicing my sign language, um, I'm not very good at it yet, but I'll get there. But it, it's for me, it's really important to have at least two hours on Friday when no one else is home. It's just me and I can potter around and do whatever I want. So that's how my weeks are generally scheduled. Um, there are challenges, obviously, to time blocking. Um, it is really hard to find those chunks of time to create and 
it is really hard to estimate. Like I've been doing this for 20 years and I still can't say, oh yes, I will design up a couple of concepts for your mural. It will take me two hours. And then I schedule the two hours and I get to the end of the two hours and I'm like, oh my God, I've only worked on one of them. Okay. I've got two more to go. And I, it's really hard. And then some days I'll like whip it out in an hour because I'll just be amazing. So it's still really hard to predict creativity and, and, you know, to just turn on creativity like that is really tough. Um, and then obviously, and I know that all of you would just be like, oh yeah, interruptions. There are always interruptions and projects that drag on way longer than they need to. For example, I just need my aircon in the studio fixed. I work in a 40 foot shipping container. Yes, it's insulated, but in summer, by the time it hits two o'clock in the afternoon, it's a full-blown hot box if I don't have an aircon. Like I just sit and sweat. It's gross. So I need to get this aircon fixed. And you you would think it would just be a call to the aircon person to come and fix it. But no, no, it's me trying to find the receipt to see when I bought it to see if it's under warranty and then to book it in. And then they call me and they go, is it split? Split? And I go, yes, it is split. And they go, okay, we'll pass you on again. And then you get passed on to another person and then they call you and then you miss their call. And it's just like an ongoing thing that should have taken five minutes and it has taken four hours just to find a receipt. So that will be another episode is filing. <laughs> Maybe I should be listening to other episodes on how to file because that is not a strong point of mine. So interruptions. And then I always get phone calls from people and because I'm in the studio by myself and it gets a bit lonely and I forget how much I enjoy talking to people sometimes, they call for a quick question and then an hour later I'm still on the phone to them. So that can be a challenge, but again, it just means you might need to speed up on other projects or shift other projects to the next day or even the next week. But the benefits of time blocking and time management is that you get lunch breaks sometimes. If you're better at this than me, you will get lunch breaks. It's also really good when you can allocate that time and it means that your brain isn't constantly like, there's not time, you need to be stressed about it, you're not going to get it on. Whereas you can say, okay, brain, it's fine. We're going to do this for four hours on Thursday and four hours on Friday. It's going to be fine. It's going to get done. And your brain's like, oh yeah, you got this covered. That's cool. Okay. And that's one anxiety that then leaves. It also means that if you've gone, okay, we're going to spend four hours on Thursday, four hours on Friday, then you can turn around to your client and say, hey, I'm working on this at the end of this week. I'm going to have a proof to you by close of business on Friday. So everyone's kind of on the same page, your brain, the client, and you. And then also it means that you can visually see where you need balance in your life. So if you're filling out that time blocking template with what you've got going on and you've realized that there's not enough time in there for you personally for rest or for exercise uh, or for whatever you need in your life, TV time, I don't know, reading, sewing, planting plants, whatever you know floats your boat, this is a visual representation of if you're working too much or if you're giving too much to your family, or if you're giving too much to other people and not enough to yourself. So this is a great way to see it in black and white in front of you. Oh, it's not really in black and white. It would be in color, in highlighters in front of you. And that gives you an opportunity to make a change. So I hope you've found this episode helpful. Um, again, 
time management. Love it. If you have other suggestions that I have not mentioned today, oh, wait, I do have another suggestion. This is on my daily things. So one of the things, because I read the four-hour work week not too long ago, I've had this book for about 10 years and I only just read it last month and I should have read it 10 years ago. But one of the things I've taken from it is not checking your emails until 11 a.m. Oh my God, best idea ever because I get sucked into emails and I send like mammoth emails as well for no real reason. I just love sending emails and I love to send novels. Probably should write a novel. No, like novel emails. So the fact that I don't check my emails now until 11 means that I have two hours where I've just got to eat the frog and that's what I do. I get the first most important, most anxiety-inducing job done and out of the way in the morning so that I'm not scrambling in the afternoon or having to work late at night to catch up on what I missed out during the day, particularly if there's interruptions. So that is my tip. Don't check your emails until later in the day. Mine is 11 a.m. and then I don't check them again until 4 p.m. So if you have any tips much like that, please email them through to me because I am always keen to hear what other people are doing as well because God knows, I I don't know if I'm doing it right. Does anyone know if they're doing it right? I try to read all the books, but we're just doing our best. But it seems to be working. So give any of these a go. Download the time blocking template and let me know how you go. Until next week, have a fantastic week. Thank you for tuning in to the Art and Business and Murals podcast. Please feel free to reach out via email at podcasts at sarahscully.com or follow up the show notes on the website at sarahscully.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your friends and fellow creatives. I'd like to take this opportunity to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land in which I record this podcast, the Gubby Gubby people, and I'd like to pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging.